presented by Cedar Sinai. Shifty work into the box. And the cross, it's in! Oh, it's LaRue! It's a dream return! Welcome to Casual FC, an Angel City preview pod. I'm your host, Angela Morales, with my co-host, Disneyland dad extraordinaire, <laughs> Mario Salazar, and our very, very special guest, Catherine Davila from the Angel City front office. Woo! Woo! That's so nice. <laughs> no one ever cheers for the front office, so thank you. <laughs> you all work so hard, and I feel like that's lost in the shuffle sometimes. <laughs> it's lost we in the shuffle, it and it's also, it's also the, like lowest hanging fruit to be like we're <laughs> the like easy targets yeah it's the front office and referees it's just for any like oh, across God. all sport <laughs> are we on the same level as referees i, I don't thought we were so. like a I notch think it's above like, like, yeah it's yeah, a notch yeah. above but those are the two reachable targets yeah, okay okay all love to referees i don't know why they do what they do <laughs> but yeah yeah. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you so much to both of you for having me on. And I did not know, Mario, that you were a Disneyland dad. Yeah, actually, we so <laughs> we, just before we started, I was talking about how we I just came back from taking my kids to Disneyland this weekend. We don't have annual passes or anything. So we're making it like a once a year trip type thing. Um, mm-hmm. But we're making it fun where we get to stay at a hotel nearby and make it a weekend thing. And yeah, it was fun. And it's it truly is reliving Disneyland through your kids' eyes, right? Like it's very much... Mm-hmm. There's going to be a point, and my nephews are... my, my nep- Me and Nisa and nephew are there right now where the Disney magic starts to wear off. <laughs> right They're too yeah. cool for school type thing and then <laughs> it'll come back when they're a little bit older right a little mm-hmm. bit more they can understand it from a different perspective and right now we're totally in the like parent mode of our kids are experiencing everything uh for the first time or mm-hmm. believe and it's fun yeah, yeah that is magical this is not anything Angel City related, but <laughs> I have a very similar relationship with Disneyland Mario. I go once a year for my birthday oh, and we do that. the same thing, stay in a hotel. And I, I am actually impressed with how many teenagers I see just like on their own, totally mm-hmm. into it. It gives me hope for the future. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's People one of those still places. Believe. Yeah. It's like you get to go and shed real life by the moment and be like, this is the ideal world. Maybe not so many people, but like, <laughs> like not as crowded, but just that magic and going into places and having everything feel a little sparkly part of, for of yeah. Disneyland. That and people I, watching. Yeah. I've been, yeah. People watching is always fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Alrighty. So today we're officially kicking off our supporters group series to give everyone a little more information on the heart and soul of La Fortaleza in the north end of the stadium and to hopefully help you find the right supporter group for you. So that's why we asked Catherine, air quotes, community cat, Davila, <laughs> to talk about the role of community supporters groups and the street team in both the real world and the front office. So 
I've been so excited about this episode for, I don't know, a month or two since Mario and I first started talking about it. And we're just like, hey, would you think maybe this would be a thing you'd want to do? I was like, can you just message her? I was so nervous for I don't know what reason. But it was just that we started this podcast on a whim the weekend I was graduating from grad school in May. So we're just like almost to our year anniversary of the show we started mid-season so everything we've done up to this point is more than I imagined we could do and now it's just like we're just gonna shoot our shot and see what happens and here we are (laughs) that's awesome really seriously thank you for having me I love this and congrats on finishing grad school too oh thank you I'm yeah nothing like going back to like collegiate or like even higher than normal collegiate studies that like in your mid-30s, 10 years yeah. after you graduate, and you're like, I just want my sports psychology degree. And so you just go do it. And it's, oh, cool. Now what? <laughs> now what do I do? <laughs> We're going to have to have a whole separate conversation about that specific experience because I, sh- I shared it. So y- totally yes. feel that. <laughs> it's a, an immense amount of pride and like accomplishment. And like now, like those are my feelings now. But during the whole time, it was like instant regret the whole time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I I don't know how to tell people that without making it seem bad because it's not. It's just like (laughs) you're constantly questioning, why should I do this for two years? The closest I've got to that is anytime I pick up a freelance job, I always go, yeah, extra money. And then I go, "Ah, why? Why? (laughs) It's the same where it's like Mm -hmm. basically you have homework and homework is the worst. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a few Angel City games where I'm like studying on my phone at like tailgates and fan fest, or I'm asking my girlfriend to like, like, okay, ask me what this is, ask me what that is. Like during halftime, we can't hear anything. Nobody knows what's going on, and I'm just like panicked. I have to finish this quiz before like before midnight tonight. Yeah, but we're here, and that's what matters. That is dedication, Angela. That's amazing. Yeah, choices were made. <laughs> own it. Just own it. So yeah, yeah. it yeah. is. It's amazing. Absolutely. So on that note, we've got a little sprinkling of going back to grad school. So how did you come to ACFC? What's your background? What's your role in the front office? Give us the nitty gritty. Like who is our community cat? I will try and give you the abridged community cat origin <laughs> story, which is that I actually started my professional life as a producer and I made movies and I structured film and TV and theater funds and it was entertainment all day, every day. And I was playing soccer the whole time and I got the chance to play on a W league team and it was the highest level I'd ever played. And so that was awesome. And as part of our commitment to the team, we had to volunteer coach for AYSO. I had never coached before. Yeah. I totally (laughs) winged it. And I fell like head over heels in love with it. And so for about a year, I continued running a production company. My brother and I ran a production company together while coaching on the side just for fun. And after about a year of doing that, I made the really difficult decision to change career paths. And I said, I soccer is in my heart. It's been a part of my life, basically my entire life. My dad's from Ecuador. There was no question that if I was going to play a sport, it was going to be this one. (laughs) And so I started pursuing coaching. I got licensed. I ended up with my C license. I coached at the collegiate level. 
Wow. I also founded a women's club here in LA that was really like, it came out of the fact that we had, I think, seven to, don't quote me on this. I'm saying this on here, but don't quote me on this. Something <laughs> like 17 men's division in the LA Municipal mm-hmm. League, which is like recreational soccer for adults. 17 men's divisions give you one guess how many women's divisions there were. A whole bunch of none. Uh, one. There was one. Oh. Oh, that, one. <laughs> yeah, at least but, there was one. <laughs> uh-huh. There was one, but it barely wow. existed. It was a situation where like we'd show up every weekend and it was not even a 50-50 chance that the other team was going to have enough players. And there were four teams. And so we said, this is not right. We're in Southern California. It's like a hotbed of soccer and women's soccer in particular. Mm-hmm. And so we started this club that was really focused on making sure that women of every age and ability level had a place to play. And of course, as we grew, that expanded our understanding of what inclusivity meant expanded and it became women and gender expansive adults and just really grew from one team in the LA Municipal League to at any given time, it could be nine teams. We had a WPSL team for several years. And while I was doing that, I was also coaching at a youth club and ended up becoming the president of that club. And the overwhelming thing that I saw working on both the youth side and the adult side was there's a giant like disconnect, especially for, and I'm just going to use as a shorthand right here, but girls and women in this sport where we lose them right as they're entering a really challenging and sensitive time. It's 12, 13, 14. And then they never come back. And yeah, they're plenty of people who go on to play D1 and they have that experience and then they leave that and they don't play again because it's such a challenge to their identity and how could they play at a lower level. And so it really was like, there has to be a way to approach this. There has to be a way to make this sustainable. And so I went, you'll appreciate this, Angela. I went back (laughs) to school (laughs) and it's funny. I know that this wasn't supposed to happen, but you mentioned USC. I went back to USC Oh, wow. Um, And I got my MBA because the thought was, I need to learn this language of business. I need to understand Mm -hmm. how to professionalize what I'm doing. And I spent two years. It was amazing. I regretted it half the time, but truly (laughs) an amazing experience. And I'm better for it. But came out of it thinking there is not a job in the world for me. I don't want to be a consultant. I don't want to wow, be too far from the... speaking <laughs> my language right I now. I told you there's a lot of overlap there. Yeah, there's going to be a secondary meeting <laughs> of just Kat and I on the side. That can Do just... you, what does this mean? <laughs> yes. And so I, I was a little bit lost coming out of it. And I think to say I was lost is not really fair because I was very clear on what I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started, I had tremendous privilege of having a partner who could support us while I figured out what the heck I was going to do. And if you don't know Matt, he's, you could call him community (laughs) Matt Gully, but I took about nine months and I returned to my roots, refocused on my women's club and started creating content, started rebuilding that community and reconnecting with who am I and what drives me. And it was crazy enough it was in the midst of that and coming off of the 2019 world cup that angel city was announced Mm -hmm. and it was basically like yes exactly i'm not someone who believes in fate but i can't imagine stranger coming together for me of 
everything that I've done from the storytelling to the community building to the soccer. And I did everything I could. This is one thing you certainly learn in business school is <laughs> how to network and yes. reached out to anyone and everyone to say, I, this is what I need to be doing and pitched this role essentially. And the rest is that's, the past three and a half years. Yeah, that's wild. I just was at a networking event for a women in sports group here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And someone said to me, like, you know what you don't want. You have to create what you want, and which is literally what mm-hmm. you explained. And yes. so I've been having that like quiet crisis of like, how do I do this <laughs> while I'm doing the thing? But no, that's absolutely amazing. And it's so yeah. interesting how everything shows up when it's supposed to and not a moment too soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, didn't someone yeah. tell you to tell you like as you were talking about like the podcast even they're yes. like why aren't you leading with that <laughs> yeah I said oh yeah I have a day job but like the real love is this podcast it and this is. woman I was literally that's who I was emailing I was typing up an email and Mario jumped on the recording and she just looked at me just with a couple other women at this table looked me in like into my soul and was like why do you even tell people you have a day job? You are a podcast host. And I was like, yes, ma'am, I am. Like, there it is. Shifted overnight. And I was like, okay, that's what we're doing now. <laughs> that's amazing. That's mm-hmm. it's all coming full circle. I love that. Yeah. And, and so this completely explains also why I got my butt handed to me in that <laughs> futsal tournament. It's twofold. It's one, her, your experience, and two, me being way out of shape and not really touching the soccer ball <laughs> since I was like a freshman in high school. <laughs> so I think maybe that one was more the reason, but still, I mean, they, there was some scary good skill on that ACFC team that was like front office loaded. I was just like, I think that's probably a prerequisite to work there is to like actually be good at the game. <laughs> you know, what's shocking is that it was for a long time, there were very few of us that actually played. Now they're everywhere. We're all over the place. (laughs) Yep. That's wild. So with that, so far, leading up to the beginning of ACFC, what had been your favorite Woso memory up like before Angel City was a thing? So like 99ers playing your club, your team, what have you. What's the thing that sticks out as like top or top five, like, Obviously, it's hard to pick. You've done some cool things. There, My mind is racing with that <laughs> question right now because it's like, what are the boundaries of woe? So know, if it's okay... We've also yeah, opened the ahead, question. Man. We've also opened the question up as it can be any soccer memory. Mm-hmm. It can, like I mentioned one at one point where it was like my going with my uncles to like a national team game in El Salvador. Like it's, we were trying to go woe but honestly, it's such a, <laughs> such a wide thing to say your memory let's just go with what go, yeah. go with your gut my gut okay i'm gonna i'm still gonna give you multiple because it's like <laughs> every anybody we've talked to and asked this question has been like you want one one like, I, you, I can't so no give us what you got because it's also it's okay i'll just give them to you and then we can talk about the why but <laughs> so as a kid, I grew up in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, and I used to go to Santa Clara soccer camp every summer. And Brandy Chastain was my counselor at soccer wow. camp. And I remember 
No big deal. Walking around. It was, it was a big deal. It was a very yeah, big deal. Yeah, it was huge. And I remember her walking around like in a sports bra all the time. And so feeling <laughs> this is just how she is. This is just the way she is. So with all the hubbub around the the iconic moment, it was like, that's just Brandy Chess. That's just Brandy. First name <laughs> basis, Brandy. Um <laughs> But that one sticks with me, and that's the most kind of, I think, woe-so, not directly related to playing or coaching. I will say as a coach, I coached teams that were, we were not like world-beater teams. The kids that I coached were like incredible humans, and that's why I, I loved it. But I still do remember the first time they, I think they were 12 years old, and the first game that they won, and it was after a season where we'd lost every single game won their first game and I had promised them they could pour Gatorade on me (laughs) (laughs) and they did with a vengeance I was like (laughs) multicolored sticky I hadn't brought a change of clothes which maybe says I didn't have faith but you just forgot it that's all that's exactly you left it by the door (laughs) and I just wanted to like sit with that literally sit Mm -hmm. with the sugary Gatorade but that that was a beautiful moment and then and this, honestly, this next one, I, I suspect is mentioned a fair amount and still, I would say, is in the top 10, not just Woso moments in my life, but um, just moments was the Angel City home opener. And I might actually get teary, but that... That's okay. Crying is encouraged <laughs> because then I'm not the only one crying about sports. Happy it's, to oblige. Yeah, it's the running joke of like, how many times is Angela going to cry on an episode <laughs> where she's like getting sentimental or talking about something important. So yeah, no worries. <laughs> but that's that's what it's all about. It was, and y'all were there. Yeah. It was that yeah. moment. Yeah. I don't know. It feels like one moment. I know it was a 90 minute game, but it's all condensed in my brain into what did it mean? It was the shock, frankly, the shock (laughs) of that first goal followed almost immediately by the second goal. And I remember like I had just told Austin, I'm going to go check on other members of the team. I'll be back. And they scored and I just immediately turned around and Austin's much bigger than I am. And (laughs) bless him, he caught me when I jumped on him. But in addition to the soccer, right, it's it and you all feel this too, it was the culmination of years of work. It was like the first time it was really real. And that was the TIFO. It was everything about it. I remember walking into you and Austin, Austin, because he was like helping all the supporters groups and stuff at the Challenge Cup games down in Fullerton. Yeah. Yeah. And just even that being like, it was, I remember talking to you and being like, how do you feel? Because it was the first time that the team was taking the pitch with fans in the stands and it was Mm -hmm. sold out. Like that thing. Yeah, it was packed to what it could hold, and then just thinking about how that was going to translate to BMO, and then actually yes. being there that first day at BMO was like, I can't imagine all the countless hours and hard work you guys were putting in, how fulfilling that was. Yeah, and I will say too, Mario, that the supporter march at Fullerton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I cried. I definitely <laughs> cried. It was just, again, like, it was real. Y'all were there. Yeah. It was amazing. I I think I cried the majority of the day, like, walking in, (laughs) like, walking into all of the pregame festivities, being there. I would just look at my girlfriend and tear up. 
said it i don't know how many times have i told this story now mario like probably a good 10 to 12 like a dozen times but being a kid from la i grew up playing basketball i didn't grow up playing soccer i only got into it around 2015 and that world cup run but yeah then i was like oh hook line and sinker cool this is my new thing (laughs) now that i'm not competing in any sport anymore but i was at opening day for the WNBA as a 10 year old so like I know what that feels like as a little girl. Yeah. And here it is. Like, here come the the tears. tears. (laughs) (laughs) But to have it translate as an adult is, like, completely different. Because you're like, oh, now I get, like, how my mom felt, how my aunts felt at that game of, it's finally here. It's finally real. And, like, all the hard work that goes into that, all the preparation for the team, for the like the front office for the players, for the fans. There's so much preparation that I don't think people fully like encapsulate in your brain. It's one of those where it's, oh yeah, we just show up to the game and then we go home. And it's No, there's years of preparation for this one event, an event to happen so that the rest of it all can happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's spot on. And it can be as amazing as it was on day one or it can be fire yeah. festival. I mean... <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> you know, you, you no, showed, it's fine. You, it passed. It was it, perfect. <laughs> it's no, always I, still it, possible though. Like that's the thing. Yeah. Just any, anything you get into, it's like that Schrodinger's cat like thing of you're gutting for it. You're expecting the best you've put in the work, you know, everything's going well. But if you're anything like me, there's still the one little thing in the back of your head where you're like, oh, this is going to go so bad. This is going to go so wrong. Yep. But most but at least the majority of it is overpowering that so letting you know this is going to be great <laughs> but yeah you just, <laughs> it's you, still there though yeah yeah, yeah. it's I mean, that little voice of just all that anxiety that you're just like this isn't real this doesn't exist everything is going to work out mm-hmm. still just are you sure and it just lingers <laughs> yep. i'm glad i'm not alone in that that's good <laughs> <laughs> You and 20,000 people <laughs> coming to that game. Would be, like, yeah. Everybody was like... So true. Everybody was probably just hoping, okay, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. We're going to have a team in LA. This is going to be good. What if it's not good? Oh, no. Oh, no. And then you <laughs> yeah. get there. But you get there and then you see how the community has rallied. Mm, how many yeah. people have shown up? You got your ticket. You're not 100% sure <laughs> if other people got their tickets next to you. Yes. But like, you get there and then it's just... Mind-blowing. Uh, celebration, mind-blowing. It's fun. And I think that's a huge um, bravo and all praises to you and what you guys were doing with community and outreach, building this whole thing in the pandemic and the rest of the front office on just all the different logistics that needed to happen in order to get sold out 22,000 seat matches you know, mm-hmm. for wins. Multiple. Sports. Multiple yeah. 22,000 <laughs> sold out. Multiple sellouts. It's a team effort, and it's thanks to you all for building that community and for showing up. Yeah, I was just having that conversation, like, literally this weekend with my girlfriend, because we're just like, oh, my God, we're only, like, a month out. And just got we both just got so (laughs) excited. But it was just like, I'm just so proud of how our, like, Los Angeles community has sustained and continued to Mm -hmm. show up, like, two seasons in. Because there's teams across the country like across sport too where you have this amazing showing that first season and then it just peters out and yeah that kind of happens as it becomes less like sparkly and new just in general but to have 
just as many, if not more sellouts the second season and her people buying season tickets, more people committing to making sure that they're there or traveling to mm-hmm. away games. There's such a movement of like, how can I be involved at whatever level? And we'll meet yeah. you where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that you said it, I think almost verbatim, the approach that our team tried to take to community building and outreach was like, we will meet you where you're at. We're going to, we're going to come to where you are because let's be honest, you've probably heard me say this before because starting in the middle of a pandemic, it was literally me by myself in a room. Like I was the community team making phone calls to like a wide variety of people that I'd come in contact with that I knew in the soccer world or related to the soccer world and just being so excited to say, yeah, it's Catherine. I'm with Angel City. And the response being, you work for the brewery? What what happened? When did How happen? did you yeah. take that left turn? <laughs> and just like the five steps backwards we had to take, even with people who were like very entrenched in soccer to say, okay, no, we're the women's professional soccer team. There's women's mm-hmm. professional soccer in this country. Yeah. It's, okay. Let's <laughs> yeah. go back to the start. And so really like the sort of grit and optimism, it took the whole community team as we did grow and really like the street team, I think has been a massive piece of that was we were basically champing at the bit as soon as we were able to safely be out in the community. We were, But even before that, we did virtual watch parties with spotlights on local businesses. We did a New Year's Eve party with Kobe Jones was there and Abby Wambach showed up and Steph Batum from Valkyries cried because she got to talk with Abby Wambach. But just taking every opportunity, really. And like Street Team in our first year did, I believe it's over 150 events. Yeah. So... It was just like we if we want to genuinely represent our community, if we want our community to care about us, we have to care about them. We have to show up for them. So that's totally the approach that we've taken or tried to take. That's just like magnificent. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's community building is already such a difficult task. I used to do a lot of like nonprofit event organizing and Mm. doing things like that and getting people to say yes is one thing, but getting them to show up is another. And that showing up part is, I honestly think one of the most difficult things I've ever done is volunteered with the American Cancer Society and helped run Relay for Lives. So 24 hour events, it's come for an hour, just that's it. The swing by, stay for an hour. You don't have to be there the whole time. And then they stay for three hours. And it's okay, great. We have success. But to have people show up to events where everything is unsure because it's in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Unsure because is this team for real? There's so many open-ended questions with no real answers happening. And yet, just and yet, and yet people showed up, friends and all kinds, just built and built. I would love to know from both of you two things. One, like, what were your fears going into, I guess, anything (laughs) Angel City or to that opening match, Mario, as you've talked about? I know I got my ticket. Did anybody else get their tickets? What were your fears and why did you stay for three hours, Angela? Why did you keep coming back? 
you're gonna make me cry cry (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll let angela i'll let angela yeah let me like get a grip first so i yeah i bought my ticket and the (laughs) funny enough yes the idea of did people buy tickets near me? I don't know. But there's also that thing of the echo chamber, right? So everybody that I was interacting with was all in, right? Everybody that we were yeah. part of, that that supporters group was all in from like day one. So it didn't, it, <laughs> it almost didn't matter what the outcome was going to be. We were there already. But the... But the fear or the or not even fear, but just that little bit of doubt was like you mentioned, Kat, like telling telling someone like, oh, yeah, I just got tickets for the women's professional team in L.A. And then the question of there's women's professional soccer or what do you mean in L.A.? Where do they play? And like them, it not being as front and center to a lot of people kind of started tamping down that oh i'm in a small group where we're championing each other we're getting everybody riled up everybody's here for it but just outside my group nobody knows about this then you're like oh man okay what's gonna happen (laughs) because like you've gone to whatever events have been put on and people but then you're like okay there's a couple hundred people here can that fill up a stadium? Yes, right. I know we yeah. can. I know it's there, but did someone buy a ticket next to me? Like, I don't you know. And for me, it was also admittedly, like I mentioned this before, my daughter just wanting to have something for her to go to and to experience. She, she was way too young to, she still doesn't quite play soccer. She doesn't, I don't know if she has any interest in it beyond like us watching. She loves going to the games now that she's like a little bit more aware of what's happening. But it was just more about letting her see women on this giant stage, being able to bring her to those things. Because yeah, I can take her to a Kings game. I can take her to the Lakers or go to the Dodgers game. But it's a bunch of men playing and there's nothing yeah. there's nothing wrong with it but then that's all that she sees and especially during the pandemic when we were like flipping through ESPN or whatever the great thing about that was that like we got to pull up like collegiate swimming and mm. you got women swimming and we got to pull up softball and things like that and i would always make it a point to show her that there were women playing or like when it came to the little league world series like there was a girl on the team like I would just show mm-hmm. her like it's something you can do if you wanted to. And so that was my reason for keeping it going and just being so glad that it's Angel City is now one of the like the within the league and within a lot of other sports too has now become like the thing to aspire to. Premier <laughs> you know, level team. <laughs> yeah. Being able to f- fill out that many seats, being able to keep the vibe going, being able to get everybody excited about it has been great. And it's, yeah, so what LA has a bajillion teams of professional sports, there's room for everybody and it's going to be fun. So I'm glad that it's stayed the way it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think here for me, it wasn't so much a fear 
of what is not going to be there, it was like, oh my God, this is real life. There is, we'll see if I can get through this. (laughs) Representation in sport is so important. This is like the little girl in me. That's just, I just want this for everyone. I went through a big phase in like high school, early college where I was like, I don't watch women's sports because it was like early 2000s. There was a, there there were bad vibes. Like it it was not like an easy, it, it wasn't easy to be a fan of the WNBA, of women's soccer, of women's sports in general. And so I just kind of pretended that didn't exist. And is this a therapy session? What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) But to have this, it was like, oh, no. Because like in 2019, 2020, I really just kind of looked at my life and I was like, screw this. I like what I like. I love basketball. Like, as I say that, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at like four different women's national team jerseys. I think a dozen different WNBA jerseys, like just everything I've collected (laughs) over the last few years of just, no, I'm going to, I'm going to fully embrace everything I've loved forever because I'm a grown up and I have adult money and I will do with that what I will. And so (laughs) I knew like the second the team was announced, I was all in a hundred percent. And so like my family was the same way when the sparks happened my aunts have been they're now considered legacy ticket holders because they've had season tickets since day one my mom and I I think we had them for the first five seasons something like that but it's like those memories are so ingrained in my head Mm -hmm. like I have pictures with Lisa Leslie with Jamila Weidman with these players that like completely changed my life and now a whole new generation of girls gets that Mm -hmm. And one of the families that we've become really good friends with in my section, like Mario and I, he's downstairs, I'm upstairs. And then I literally just got breakfast or lunch with this family this weekend. And we're sitting there. It's my girlfriend and this husband and wife and their daughter, who is a celebrity on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I swear, everybody knows (laughs) Josie at this point. She's just, oh, yeah, and then we're going to do this. And then this season, can we do this? Will you and Eva take me to the supporter section? Because <laughs> my mom and dad don't want to. We're like, Ugh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I joke that I put my time in as a member of a supporters group. I led my high school section. I led my college section. Like, I'm tired. That is <laughs> that's for a new generation to do. But, like, to see this through her eyes. Is she playing soccer? No, not right now. But she loves every minute of those games and okay I get to foster this for more people and my biggest fear I think was that it wasn't going to be as inclusive as I hoped because like I know as a kid it was not but it was also like late 90s early 2000s so that was a whole different world and so to walk in or walk around just fan fest that first game I was like oh We've got pride flags. We've got trans pride flags. We've got <laughs> every nationality that like LA covers represented stick. Like what, whatever little part of me wasn't fully invested was like, here's the link to my bank account. Here's the link <laughs> to like my life force. Let's rock and roll. Like, I think I have, I don't know. I probably have 75% of the merch drops from the first season because I'm like oh no this is I'm keeping this forever 
because it was so monumental and the buildup was so monumental. And it's like, people talked a whole bunch of crap of, oh, it's marketing FC and oh, they're just rich. <laughs> like they're not actually going to do anything. And I'm like, do you not understand that you need capital and you need mm. name brands in order to get the ball rolling? Mm. That's why so many things have stopped and stalled and sputtered out over the years. Yep. If you don't have the money, very, really, truly on the business side of things, if the money's not there, the longevity is not there. No matter how hard, no matter how dedicated your fan base is, if you only have 100 people showing up, that's not going to fund all the things that it needs to fund. But yep. The sustained effort of this like fan base is insane. Just truly, we're a bunch of weirdos, and I love it. <laughs> it's, maybe it's weirdos with stamina, and I think that oh, applies probably to front office as well. <laughs> For this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's, that just makes me really happy to hear. <laughs> and it, what I will say is because that idea of inclusivity, I think, from the start like from my very first conversation with Julie when she asked me like what do you think that the stadium should feel like and I was like first of all we don't really get to choose that but (laughs) but here's what I would say is it should feel like pride it should feel every game should feel like pride and not just because anybody who identifies as queer LGBTQ plus whatever it is like they should feel like this is their space but because it's joyful because mm-hmm. it's celebratory, because it's not it's not like an aggro substitute for warfare. It is yeah, it's badass women on the field doing their thing. Yep. But it's it is this communal experience. And so that I don't know, that just makes me really happy, Angela. That's been what you have experienced in, in it's, you too, Mario. It's honestly such a safe place mm-hmm. overall. Like just a few weeks back, um, it was my friend's birthday and we're actually part of her birthday present was bringing her to opening day this season. So I'm, but we were all talking there. Like when she opened that part of her present, she it was like one unofficial official ticket to angel city's <laughs> home opener. And like the schedule had just been released. It was like three days after the Thursday release of the schedule. And she opened the card and was like, oh my God, oh my God, just freaked out. There's 15 people in her apartment. And she's just like, oh, yes, hold on. Goes, grabs her phone, looks in her calendar. I can go. I was like, perfect. (laughs) But she was so pumped. And she had come to a couple games with us or like this last season and was just like, this is insane. This is so perfect. Like you can come to these games fully invested in the sport in the soccer game and on players and the statistics and everything that side of it or you can go just come to hang out and party like yeah it's such <laughs> a fun place to be and her wife's sister was there and she was like wait are you guys talking about this soccer team and we're like yeah yep. and we were, at this point like five of us are all like oh my god you have to come to a game we're just crazy about we looked in we genuinely looked bonkers but she's, oh, yeah, I've wanted to go to one of those games. I've heard it's a it's a good time, whether or not you know <laughs> soccer. And we're, we're like, that's the whole point. Like, you can come for the game. You can come for your friends. You can just to be outside in L.A. Like, there's so many reasons. And that's part of why we started this podcast. I know all the nitty gritty details, statistics, player history. Like, I have been following the NWSL for a while. My girlfriend's been following it since, like, day one. So between the two of us, we have a bunch of, like, junk door knowledge knowledge. yeah like (laughs) i've been pulling out like gems of like 
Carson Pickett getting called for a handball, like all these little <laughs> things. Mario's just like, wait, that happened. And I'll send him a link. And he's oh my God. It's like, we have that knowledge. And Mario's newer to this side of sports because women's, it's just so different from top to bottom. It's a different experience. It's a different, like you said, it's not that aggro, like we're going to battle. And it's like to sometimes, yeah, yeah. but not, it's, that's not the overarching vibe. You don't walk in and it doesn't like, or I should say, when you walk in, it doesn't feel threatening. It's not that, like, really tense, really just aggressive vibe. It's more this anxious excitement of just, oh, <laughs> what's going to happen? Like, you've got anxiety, you've got nerves, but you've got this, like, this pure excitement for whatever's going to happen. Are we going to get a bicycle kick? Is June's goal going to get called back? Like, we have these things that just keep happening. And it's, oh, my God, like, what's going to happen this game? And every game, there's something to talk about. There's always a highlight. It's just different. And a lot of sporting events, men's, women's, like, recreational to professional, everywhere in between, I will watch sports whenever I can. (laughs) This is one of those things that I'm like, no matter what, I will never give this up. Mm. Like, lifer for sure. So, you can hold me to that. <laughs> I will. I'm taking notes. I'll send you the receipts. On. Like, <laughs> it's recorded. It's on your website. There you go. Can't get out of it. No, I, that, again, like, you just keep saying things that make me happy. It's nice to feel like, I don't know, like, it's working. Um, because that's, that's the other piece of this, and I hear it a little bit in, in what you're saying, Angela, about maybe late 90s, early 2000s, being in a sports space and feeling like, no, this is not it, is I do think that there are a lot of first-time fans, oh, yeah. first-time sports fans at yeah. Angel City, because this is people who maybe have never had a place that mm-hmm. or a space that felt like theirs. This is their space. And that that makes me beyond happy. If I if I feel like we've been able to do that, then I'm done. I'll say bye, bye, <laughs> Angel City, mission accomplished. No, not really. There's so much to do, but that's that's a huge piece of it. And I think that's part of why it does feel different. And that's something really special and something like that we really want to protect. Yeah, absolutely. How has the community engagement that you've been a part of or that you've been able to accomplish and things like that, how has that changed what your view of what your perception of what a soccer team can do? Because there's community engagement from like Angela mentioned, like from the nonprofit side, from the, but you're with this, essentially it's a business, it's a team, it's a, a thing that needs to make money to keep going. But there's this, big push for community engagement and like mm-hmm. how has that changed oh no this can still do good yeah i think that the weird thing about angel city is that for better or for worse and i think for better it, it was conceived that way it was never a, a, the idea that this is a business if we do some good okay great but it's not part of our core mission like genuinely and you hear it in every soundbite I know that I know it starts to feel like it's on repeat but I say this as I I have a role now where it's always been this way but like I I straddle both worlds where Mm -hmm. with 
community. Yeah, of course, outreach and work with supporters like that is ultimately about the business and we're building something together. And I think that we're trying to do it in a way that is genuine. But the other piece of that is all of our impact work. Right. And so that's one side, the community side. And then there's the marketing side, which, again, like we it never wants to be transactional. But in the end, that is the business. So seeing both sides of this, like what's become really clear to me, aside from being a part of this from very early on, October 1st, 2020, official first day of work. But aside from having been a part of it for a long time and hearing and knowing and coming to understand like the real sort of thesis statement of Angel City, it is very clear in every meeting that I'm in over the course of every day that genuinely the question that gets asked for everything is how does this drive the business forward and how does it further our purpose? Because Mm -hmm. the two are genuinely inextricable. I think, Angela, you were talking about it earlier. If we want to pay these players what they're worth, if we want them to be respected and treated the way they should be, then we got to sell tickets. We have to sell jerseys. (laughs) We have to put money into that engine to keep it going, to eventually build that training facility Mm -hmm. to, and this is not a promise, this is just something I'm manifesting, (laughs) to build our own stadium, our purpose-built stadium for Angel City. I keep throwing it out there that we're going to outgrow BMO and like, by year five. (laughs) So FYI, I'm laying that groundwork with you. Please send it out. Cannot wait for it to be like the Coliseum's not being used that weekend. <laughs> Maybe we just move it over next door. Oh, shoot. We need to go to the Rose Bowl. Like that right. kind of thing. I won't mind the extra commute. Like, I, it will be so worth it to have that moment of, guys, we did it. If it's just that one time, like, yeah. we did it. It is like on all our vision boards. <laughs> but it's. Uh- I just think that I look at the impact work that we do and it's tied to sponsors, but it's also tied to what is the, how do we do impact right now that is not just going to make our community better, but is going to change the face of our sport. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the big secret projects we're working on right now that I'm excited to share at some point this year, but really genuinely just exploding the expectation i'm not like setting this up for failure at all or to disappoint no like but it's it's, all like fundamentally related not just to the business but to doing good because doing good makes the business better and doing the business makes mm -hmm. us able to do the good so it's never ending and i think that part is lost in a lot of different ways throughout sport like so many like activations that teams use or that they participate in feel like an afterthought like speaking from experience like (laughs) i didn't go to dodgers pride night for years because their giveaway was ugly like it was very apparent (laughs) there was no one in the community who driving that it like you recycle the same thing because you didn't sell out last season like that kind of vibe and it felt like an afterthought or everything that's going on in hockey right now. There's so many things where it's like, just, just commit, say it with your chest. You will lose fans. Yes, but you will gain more in the process by creating a place that is welcoming for everybody. And that is lost, I think, in the face of business. 
where it's, oh, we have to do this. And I'm like, but if you do this, you get twice as many people. Like, oh my God. Shocking thought process sometimes, (laughs) but so much of the sports world in so many ways is 20 years behind where it should be. And I think that's just business in general, especially for the more established leagues or the older, especially the men's leagues, like moving a dinosaur. But with what Angel City is doing, I think it's like you said, everything is so connected because that's just been since like ground floor building. No difference. It's like what's good for my left hand is good for my right. And they're interchangeable in that sense. And I think that's why there's such continued growth. I hope that's <laughs> no, just because there's also a healthy tension, which mm-hmm. I think is really, I think it's really valuable. And you all know, it's not like every step we've taken has been spot on. But I think the thing that is also a part of how we've sought to build community and engage with our community is I, I personally spend a lot of time listening. And mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time saying, hey, that wasn't what we ought to have done. And then we can <laughs> learn from it. And that's honestly, I'm really thankful to be a part of an organization that does that because it's not everyone that does. And it's still hard every time. It's still hard. But I think it's worthwhile for exactly the reasons that you've said, right? When you listen and actually engage authentically with the people who are there and want to be there. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. It's not rocket science. But yeah, yeah, I feel like we could have that conversation. That could be like a three hour episode in itself <laughs> of theory of marketing and trying to figure out where the where the thought process lies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking think, of thought process, yeah. this next question that Mario is about to ask you, I'm very excited <laughs> to learn about. <laughs> Let's do it. For anybody that's been following the street team social media or the stuff that, especially in season one that that ACFC was doing, you saw the amazing ACFC van that had some beautiful mural <laughs> art, nicknamed Jade. Mm-hmm. Give us the fun. It's just such a. <laughs> it was a such a fun little iconic like thing, like icon to be had. Yeah. Give us a high and a low light, because I know that thing wasn't easy. <laughs> of like, yeah, we um, prepared for van life for a year, your, or was it your idea for van life? <laughs> was it thrust upon you? It was. We needed it. We needed something. We had a lot of places to go and a lot of things to carry. And I don't know if this is well known, but Jade belonged to Fish. If oh, I didn't know that. With, yeah, Jade was Fish's van, <laughs> and then became Angel. Then briefly became my van, <laughs> <laughs> and then became Angel City's van. But it really was like that. Also, just speaks to I think the mentality of the community team in those moments where it really was like. We'll do whatever we got to do. There was so much passion and enthusiasm and just such a tight knit kind of group. Like honestly, our street team are a special group of people. They are people that the people who are on street teams very often are there very briefly. They're in transit to something else. And we have a group who are unbelievably qualified, overqualified, dare I say, who have incredible experience and who are part of this because they 
believe in it and because they this sounds so cheesy but they believe in each other so getting back to jade but that that really is like the mentality i think of the team going into things and so we we had our very first like big in-person activation when it felt safe ish more was a traveling block party and so we had jade go from it was three stops, Venice Beach, and then we ended up in Mariachi Plaza. And at every stop along the way, Ms. Yellow brought community members in. So kids, adults, everybody had the chance to actually participate in the artwork on Jade. So it really was like this physical embodiment of what we were trying to build from the concrete to the coast. Everybody had their hand on it. And that was something really special. And then there was the time Jade got stuck in a pit and had to be lifted out with a crane. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to tell this That's story. Of course. Like, I, I don't know whether to call that a high or a low because... <laughs> Maybe both. Because, it like, was, Jade yeah. was high in the air and also, <laughs> like, in a ravine. I don't want to discount the feeling of the people who were actually there with Jade when it happened because I think it's one of those moments where you just probably, like, your heart and your stomach are sinking I won't name names in this, but somebody, we were, it, the team was traveling to an event. It was a women's soccer match, actually, and thought there was a shortcut to the field. And it wasn't a shortcut. It was oh, no. just a bunch of sand and like a ravine. <laughs> so they got stuck, got out, <laughs> called a tow truck. <laughs> The tow truck was like, heck no, I can't. This vehicle's not set up for that. Then the fire department came and they were like, you all need to get away from that vehicle. It's about to flip over. You don't touch anything. Just get away from it. And finally, I believe it was the next day, we had to call a specialty company with, it's a half crane, half tow truck. And you can still see the video on ACFC Street. Highly recommend there it is. Yes. And that's Fish and Monica. I told you I wouldn't name names, but they're in the picture. So what do you want? Um, they for supervising efforts. That's exactly. So maybe one of my all-time favorite pieces of content to come out of Angel City is that piece of content. And then, of course, Jade made the journey across the country, which was also a really special thing that we did. So that was me, Fish, Matt, and my dog Pacha in a van driving from here to the NWSL final in Louisville. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Like, what memories you've created for yourself? Like, <laughs> road trips, just general road trips yes. are a lot. But when it's like a work road trip or work plus friends and fun it, it's just no matter what road trips get hairy like they <laughs> yeah get, they get a little stressful just being cramped in a situation and you had a deadline to get there and can only imagine <laughs> what was talked about in that day it was fantastic no no notes just good stuff <laughs> that's great I will post on our stories the images that we were just talking about <laughs> of Jade the band <laughs> And the amazing journey it's been on. Is it still around or has it been retired now? Jade has retired. She's still around. Her pronouns are she, her. She's still around. <laughs> but we have, and I would be remiss if I didn't, if I didn't give a shout out to our new street team vehicle. Also she, her. 
I believe, is Luna. So it's a truck also designed by another, the rap that's on Luna is another artist, a local artist, who did a beautiful job. Mm-hmm. Erica Friend is her name. So say hi to Luna, too. She's not as, you know, much a part of our stories and such because ACFC Street is not going anymore, but she's out there every week. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah, have to keep an that eye truck on it. is beautiful. <laughs> Isn't it? Gorgeous, yeah. I actually went to pick Luna up from the place that did the wrap, and it was like two hours, two and a half hours east of here. Mm-hmm. And I felt so, I felt so special driving back in this gorgeous <laughs> thing. And just if you're not looking at me, you should be looking at me because this is amazing. That's awesome. That's such a good omen. That's okay. Yeah. It's I'm in this cool truck and now it looks even cooler than it already is. <laughs> and everybody should pay attention to what this thing pay attention to the road, but also pay attention to the what but this also, this truck is saying. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so what are you looking forward to in season three of Angel City from the community aspect? I know we're all looking forward to, you know, the incredible Becky Tweed taking us to the finals. So beyond that, (laughs) speaking it into existence, but beyond that, on the community side of it, what are you looking forward to or not necessarily give away the things you might be working on, but yeah, Yeah. what's guiding you towards season three? Totally. I think season three is, it's, I think an inflection point for Angel City You all said it before, first year, it's the shiny new thing. Second year, there's still some of that. And there's this idea of potential. I think in the third year, we settle into this is who we are. And I think that's true across the board, whether it's brand, whether it's our game day experience, or whether it's our community and the work that we do. So I think the things that I'm really looking forward to are all about honing that identity and just being able to, like you said, Angela, say it with our chest, this is who we are and this is what we stand for. And that I referred to it a little bit earlier, alluded to it earlier in terms of the impact work that we're doing. I think really this impact work is it's probably the biggest reason that I am at Angel City and the, is the work I wanted to do really around access. It's access to the sport at every age. So that's a little teaser for that. And the way that that not just affects, say, youth at the recreational level, but what does that mean down the road for the pathway to professional soccer? And how can we change that? Then I think that, as always, I get so excited and I also get really emotional about supporter projects. So whether it's TIFO, whether it's a new tradition, like those things are so meaningful. And we, front office, we all work game day, right? So we don't get Mm -hmm. to watch the match. And so it's those moments, I think, that are the things I look forward to and punctuate a match for me as I'm running around is (laughs) those supporter moments. And then on the outreach side, like we have spent, and it's an incredible team who has done this, some who are with us still. So Nicole Moreno is still with us. She just had a baby. And some who have moved on to other things, but just the past three years, really building that knowledge base and introducing ourselves across the city 
and Sulema Felix now I oversees. love Sulema. Yes, I'm so glad yeah. you said that because Sulema, I came up with this, or somebody said this to me last week, and it was like, yes, that's right. Which is Sulema is a quiet rock star. She's oh, just, just the way she carries herself. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I met her at a, a Latinx and sports event last year. Yes. I don't know if you were at that one. I don't know. It I was think the I one was at the sick. Grammy Museum. Oh, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were talking there. And now, like, she lives in the same city I went to high school in. So I was like, oh, she's like, where can I get good salsa? And I was like, I got you. <laughs> and, like, that was the connection of let me hook you up with all the good places to eat. I got you. It's weird. Don't worry. <laughs> and since then, like, any event, any watch party I've been to, like, I've been like, oh, check out this place. Like, we've been in contact about that. And just the work Suleyma was doing, like, during World Cup and, like, trying to get watch parties happening towards the end of the season, competing with, like, Sunday football. I hadn't even thought that would be important because I have checked out of the NFL for the most part. (laughs) So I'm like, I don't care. Like, whatever. But seeing how like at the oh, I don't remember which game it was but it was at Rock and Brews in El Segundo and the watch party was and Mario and I like we just talked about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast too but we had gone to a play downtown with his wife my girlfriend my mom it was like the casual FC family all went Aww. to a musical at the Amundsen and then we all go our separate ways. My mom and I literally book it from downtown LA to El Segundo, catch the last 20 minutes of the game. And we weren't the last people to show up. There were still people coming in and I'm like, okay, we're good. We're solid as a fan base. That's when like, for me, that's when I knew it wasn't just the appeal of the world cup or the appeal of a big name. It was a very traditional conservative city like, I was joking, there are more queer people in this rock and bruise than are in El Segundo as a whole. <laughs> I was so proud of the city. Oh my God, what is happening? That's, it's just wild. El Segundo is weird, but <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun. And like, we got to join up with some friends. We were there, the game ends. We're there for another two hours hanging out. Like, I, we, I was helping Sulema clean up. It was one of those, oh no, we're, this is our community as a whole, we're going to take care of this with you and help mm-hmm. up and help reset the restaurant, basically. Aww. Yeah, it was a... That's, that's a beautiful moment. That is why I love this community. And even when it's it takes takes a lot of effort to keep digging in, it's those moments that are yeah. really invigorating. So yeah, that's absolutely. good to know. And yes, Sulema is amazing. Um, <laughs> and just the, like the purpose and the thoughtfulness with which she goes about figuring out where we're going, why we're going. I I don't think it's, it'll be a surprise to anyone to know that coming to Angel City, working at Angel City, it's a very fast moving environment. It might be described as dynamic. Sometimes it's chaotic, but it's great. <laughs> it's why we can do crazy special things. But Tulema came into that and really just like, she got it all into her brain, wrapped her head around it. And now is just I think it's just remarkable how deep we're going to get to go with communities that we've been involved with and new communities. So that's very exciting. That's awesome. So to pivot back to supporter groups and how those impact the community and how the community impacts supporter groups in the before ACFC times, how involved were you involved with supporter groups for larger teams or was it more just like, you knew those were a thing, but adjacently? Or somewhere in between. 
Yeah, I was definitely supporter adjacent or supporter curious is what I would say. Mm-hmm. And I it took a long time to really like fully start to under and I shouldn't say fully understand, just really start to understand what that culture was about. And I so I feel like this is going to this is going to cause problems, but <laughs> I was cuz I'm going to talk about men's soccer for a second. It's okay. We're I was a soccer soccer supporter fandom here. Yes. I just don't watch men's soccer anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> it'll level out, don't worry. <laughs> okay. All we had was men's soccer in yeah. LA. I mean, after the soul, which I still feel personally responsible for because I didn't go to enough games, but <laughs> all, that's all on me. Sorry. I was a galaxy season ticket holder for many years and we sat right next to LA riot squad. And just, I remember just being fascinated by it. And from however many rows over, I was trying to learn the chance and trying to just trying to get involved because what incredible energy. And then I, this is what's going to kill me. I (laughs) became an LAFC season ticket holder, which some might say (laughs) means I don't understand supporter culture at all. And I have no place (laughs) with supporters. But I guess in my defense, I wasn't actually a supporter. And and yeah, so I'm an LAFC season ticket holder. And finally went into the North End. I was invited, which I didn't understand that you needed an invitation. So it was a whole process. (laughs) It was genuinely like a whole process of dipping a toe. And I find this, there's still more to learn literally every day, but always been fascinating and always definitely been something that I have tremendous respect for. Yeah. The commitment of like capos and the folks making TIFOs and just like the teamwork that goes into like, For us, like six supporter groups officially, plus other little unofficial ones that I know exist somewhere in the ether. There's so many people in this fan base. And that's part of why we wanted to do this series with each supporter group and with you, because it's like, there is a place for everyone, whether or not you want to become an official member or like official member because you're dating somebody in the group or you're friends (laughs) with someone in the group. Like you're just kind of with them on the side, that kind of thing, like all of it is involvement and all of that is more outreach being done word of mouth through those supporter groups. And it's always so interesting to me, like the dynamics within each supporter group and how they're all different. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think Angel City is very unique in that sense where we have multiple official supporter groups. You know, yep. Most teams have one, maybe two. Where, let's just rack them up. How many can we have? <laughs> <laughs> let's bring the chaos. Let's but it also... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It also shows like the diversity within Los Angeles and how widespread our community is. It's like what, like working with supporter groups and around them, what has changed or altered or surprised you or altered your view when it comes to supporter culture or like ACFC supporter culture and how it's different from your experience elsewhere? Yeah, I think that... This goes back to a little bit what we were talking about in terms of like this being a space that is different than mm-hmm. I'll say as a blanket statement than men's sports teams and men's supporter culture. And so I think and I think this was like big learning for our whole staff continues to be is there are 
different priorities. There are things Mm -hmm. that matter in this space and in this community that might not move the needle for a men's team. And that takes, it takes extra care on our part to look out for those things and to be mindful of them, not just when we're interacting with supporters, but in the way that we do business. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just an, it's an added layer on that front. I think that's really been the main surprise. The other beautiful surprise is, and it shouldn't have been a surprise at all, given what I've seen (laughs) of supporter culture here in LA and then across the world, but like the incredible, like creativity and sense of humor of these groups as a whole. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like I told you before, at a game, the thing that really punctuates it, that anchors it for me, is what the supporters are doing. And it's marking time. They're doing this chant now, and I recognize that series of drums, or this flag is up, or this is who's in the capo stand. It's all those things like come from this incredible well of collaboration and creativity and innovation. And like I said, like a sense of joy and silliness. I remember being at the Challenge Cup Game didn't go how we wanted versus San Diego, (laughs) but Kristen Press scored, and it was the first time that the supporters sang the Kristen Press chant. And that was, that just filled up everybody's cup that was there. So I think that's been, I don't want to say surprising, but really cool to see. That's fantastic. I'm so excited to see what the supporter groups bring out this season because I feel like. And in the conversations we've had so far with some of the supporter groups, like it's this quiet lull of a quiet hum. Like it's, oh yeah, we're not really doing anything right now because we're just preparing for opening day. And it's just that. <laughs> yeah. There's no real information. It's like, you'll know, you'll see. Like things are mean. Just show up and make sure you're there. You'll see. Yep. It's, oh, okay. It's almost like a threat, but in a really nice way. <laughs> like you better show up. It's a polite threat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to miss out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know everybody's, it's the constant joke of everything, right? Of like, when is the schedule going to come out? And then (laughs) you'd talk to these groups and it's like, hey, are you guys planning anything? Is there anything coming up? And it's, we're just waiting for the schedule to come out. (laughs) Yeah, everything's on pause. Because I think once the schedule comes out, then you're like, okay, we know. We now have T minus whatever to this date and a lot of these things take planning i know that some of these things can be run and gun if they need to and they can be done and pulled together by some crazy miracle and maximum effort (laughs) in the week or they can be planned out for a couple months and be like we're gonna do this like hard but yeah, just the kind of coordination. And like we said, there's six groups. So you got to coordinate with six groups. You got to do all of that. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing what all those groups have been able to do. And yeah, it, was, it gives me goosebumps to think it's going to happen. <laughs> Angela and I, like we mentioned earlier, we sit on the kind of like southwest end of the stadium. Mm-hmm. We we look up towards La Fortaleza, them yeah. from where we are. We have a pretty great vantage point. The fact that from where we are on the other side of the stadium, we can hear them drumming we can hear them chanting mm-hmm. it at times it's clear enough where there's people around me that have never yeah. been to a game where they're like what are they saying or oh wait it, <laughs> I, what's that chant going like they're like they're getting into it even though we're on the complete other side of the stadium it's like the vibes are going that far and that's awesome again year three it's the like 
it you had your intro year you're yeah. like okay we've learned a couple of things let's fix it now it's the this is who we are and yeah. yeah and i'm excited to see what that stamp is going to be and it's we hear the comments from some of the players sometimes from their like the pressers or anything like that yeah coming to play in la is a whole different beast than yeah, that's playing different. in a lot of other stadiums <laughs> which is amazing yeah i think we've set the bar at this point we may have eclipsed portland (laughs) (laughs) we're not biased you said it (laughs) it did not it came out of my mouth it didn't come out of yours and that's no disrespect to the fans of portland either they have been through so much (laughs) collectively as a team as a fan base they've been through it they deserve good things like in the coming years but we're really great i like that it's it is different i think there's no question the look the feel like the ethos of Mm -hmm. the riveters versus la fortaleza it's just different vibes yeah and i think there's a mutual respect of like Mm -hmm. you're a powerhouse too okay cool like i same i see you i see you but yeah (laughs) but my team's better i'm very curious what you all think of the Cove, the San Diego supporter section. (laughs) (laughs) I have friends who are season ticket holders and they haven't come up for a game and I haven't gone down to San Diego for a game yet. (laughs) But like half of it is because I, there's no shade in that stadium. And like, why would you do that? Architecturally? Yes. Snappy is just Um, sunburned city. Yeah. It sounds like you, need to throw them some shade (laughs) honestly (laughs) yeah i don't have too much experience we've been in touch with one of their supporter groups to do the same kind of thing yeah what do you guys do what are you about that kind of thing is like a peace offering but i think the fan base like the culture of san diego is it's so interesting because it's so similar but it's so different in the same way that like long beach is different than los angeles and it's different than san diego it's just a different vibe. And I think it's way more chill from everything that I've heard where it's, oh, yeah, like we go to those games. And then I'm like, I structure my whole life around this. <laughs> like My whole weekends, like time with my family, with my girlfriend, like all this kind of stuff. Like this is all dependent on what time kickoff is. Do I need to meet people? Are we giving stickers away now? What are we doing? Yeah, to the point where when that that schedule dropped, we just spent like half the day just talking about it. Like me me and Angela. And we're like, oh yeah, we need to get back to work. work. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I think there was a reason. There was a reason that shirt, that Becky Tweed Experience shirt came out so quickly. We had that like (laughs) sitting, waiting for about a month. I want to say like we've been you've been working on that design for a while yeah and And the second the schedule came out it was like boop yeah I basically (laughs) had it like done I just and formatted I just needed the actual schedule and as soon as it I think we put it up maybe like an hour after the (laughs) schedule drop and I was like yeah it's up there yeah we were ready we that was one of those things where we had the idea we fleshed it out and it was like okay yeah like we're doing this is gonna (laughs) be great yeah but San Diego, I need to get down there for a game. One, because my friends want us to come down and have a game and they want to come up here. We just haven't had the bandwidth to do it. But from everyone I know who's gone down to Snapdragon, it's always just, it's just (laughs) nice. (laughs) I don't think there's as much tangible 
energy pulsating through the stadium the way there is at BMO. Yeah. 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 I'll, I will say, though, the the stuff that I've seen from the sirens, from the San Diego supporters, things like that, the supporter section, exactly what we were saying is a whole completely different vibe. They've got someone in an inflatable hippo costume. Yeah. And, and they're <laughs> there. And like, and they're there. They and, and there's like constant bubbles, which makes me happy. It's just, you just have <laughs> bubbles going. It just feels, totally. yeah. it feels like a fun, um, party and i think a lot of this comes down to i'll even put it in the context of running when i've mm-hmm. run the san diego half marathon and then when la used to have the the mm-hmm. half marathon you know mm-hmm. you're running in also la is like la versus like san diego is a, a little bit more of a defined area but um you're running in downtown la you're running through little tokyo you're running through like a, a different areas but it's a small run and yeah everything's closed that early in the morning <laughs> it's just a really nice scenic run um, yeah. the marathon is a whole, uh, whole other thing. I've never done that one, but I know it's it, a lot more weight to it, but then the San Diego half marathon, which is one of the like longest running the marathon and half marathon run that they have down there. I was running and at one point you're running through this neighborhood and everybody that lives there came out and they've got lawn chairs. They're just chilling. They're essentially tailgating <laughs> the run. Totally. And, and <laughs> I kid you not, within a quarter mile, I had three shots. <laughs> I don't know what they were, but they were, there was three really strong alcoholic shots. And this was like... It's more, like seven o'clock in the morning at that point. <laughs> more than halfway through the run. And I'm just like, all right, I could have had a Gatorade, but I'm yeah. going to have this whiskey or something. Yeah. So it is a completely different vibe. And I think just like it's its own fun. But in yeah, that, in, I, in that I, sense, like, I will say they're like... They're different. Yeah. I do love it though. I the reason I asked about San Diego is really just what you were saying. Like Portland's different. San Diego mm-hmm. is different, and I think that's one of the things too that is cool about the women's game and the development of supporter culture in the women's game is we don't know exactly what it's going to be. Like, yeah, we I haven't hit the ceiling. We're not even yeah. close to it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's it's really cool. And like I know they're not allowed to have smoke in Snapdragon. Mm-hmm. I love that they do bubbles. <laughs> Make it your own. Make yeah. your yeah. thing. Um, Find a way. Yeah, exactly. It's self-expression. It's that same creativity that like we see with all six groups and they've got their own version of that. Mm-hmm. And that means somebody's dressed like a pirate and somebody's dressed like a hippo. And <laughs> I think it's fabulous. Yeah, this season, I think we're gonna, it's like, pull out all the stops for every team that has a decent amount of organization behind their supporter groups. I think, like, across the league, truly, I think it's just going to be a little bonkers in the best way. Yeah, I hope so. We can all hope for it. And it's partly to just getting so much more coverage, like more people know that this exists, and that it's something that they can and should care about. And I think that's going to give everything a little extra juice too. Absolutely. Yeah. My, my Tia's came to their first two games this last season after me being like, you have to come for like the whole first year. And they're just like, sure. And a lot of times there was like a Sparks game the same night or the same day as an ACFC game. And it was like, no, no, understandable. We're legacies. We got yeah, well, no, we can't. No, they they came. My mom got them tickets, and 
my aunt as actually like fam like kind of sort of two a degree away from Alyssa Thompson's family, so she has connections with them. Is the whole thing, but um, she they were able to come to a couple games, and it completely blew their minds. They're like, we have been involved in women's sports for fifty some years in some way or another, mm-hmm. playing softball, playing basketball, like what have you. This was different and this they're like this is what we've always wanted it to be and i was like i told you the best i told you so it was like i told you should have come a year ago and they were like yeah we get it and then they started looking at season tickets and they're like there's no season tickets in this shade and i was like i told you mm, yeah this is because like when i got my tickets the rep i was buying them through i was out of town and i didn't have good service so i was just call- talking to him on the phone and i was like what is available on the west side i don't say <laughs> I don't sit on the first base side of Dodger Stadium. If it's a day, not. I'm like in the shade because I don't want to sit there and bake in the sun and be exhausted and sunburned afterwards. I want to go home and enjoy the rest of the night. And so <laughs> that's why my tickets are where they are. But they, they're they so excited and they're already like, so what games do we get to go to? One of my aunts is retiring at the end of this month. And I'm so excited for her to have more bandwidth to come to games. And I'm like... Oh, like we get some, like we get the older generation coming in now too. It's not just like millennials and millennial adjacent folks. And it's just, oh, it's so good. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. I I am excited with what might be coming with Bay and just to see what, what they've, like you said, everybody's different. The Bay has a very solid culture. So we'll see how that's going to go. I've been telling anybody that I can, we got to make this a interstate cup, intra-state cup, and call it it the San Andreas Cup, and make it a thing (laughs) with a cracked trophy. Trophy, yeah. (laughs) That's really cute. I like that. Yeah, so you can take that idea and pass it along to whoever needs to hear it, and then... (laughs) All right, everyone. Kat, thank you so much. It's been an honor. It's been a blast. Thank you for being up so late on a Monday night with us, (laughs) (laughs) just recording this. Is there anything you want to leave us with before I go down our end pod spiel? Just thank you both. You know this already, but the fact that this podcast exists, that there are (laughs) multiple podcasts about a women's soccer team. I'm going to cry again, Angela. I'm with you. I'm like already tearing up. Does you say, <laughs> yeah. like, cool, be cool, be cool. <laughs> like that is real. That is meaningful. So thank you. And thank you so much for including me. It's been a ton of fun. Yeah. We can't wait to see what your community team brings next season and every season after that. And how we keep selling out that stadium. It's going to be, we're going to sell it out every <laughs> more and more every single year. And a lot of that's yeah. going to be due to the community outreach and just getting the voice out there on behalf of your team and just the amazing work that the team's doing on the field. So thank you, Kat, for coming. You can follow Kat at communitycatdav, D-A-V, on Instagram. Go say hi. But if you want to follow what, she's doing and the amazing community outreach that's been happening all of that's just been bundled into the main team's social media channels so at we are angel city go 
you're probably already following them, but just know that's what this stuff is. <laughs> and if you're not, get on it. Get on it, yeah. <laughs> and then go say hi over there. <laughs> this has been a really nice long podcast, which we've had a blast on. And if you've gone this far, you probably like it too. So hit subscribe on op- Apple Podcast, YouTube, Google, whatever it's called now, Spotify. Just go check out casualfc.com. You'll find all the links you want there. Follow us on our socials, casualfcpod, on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, TikTok. We have merch, really stupid, silly ideas happening all the time. <laughs> At Julie bought a Becky Tweed experience shirt from us uh, that we are ecstatic <laughs> about. <laughs> and Yeah, uh, you want to talk about me crying? Like four days, I would just think about it and tear up. Like, this is real. <laughs> Especially with me giving her updates. Oh, it's in production right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it just got shipped out. <laughs> Go take a look. We'll have more stuff to come throughout the year. Tell a friend about the pod. It brings us luck. And then we push that luck onto the team. As we like to say, we started midway through the season. And what happened? We went on an 11-game <laughs> winning streak. Cause and effect there. And if you feel so inclined, help support the pod by buying us a coffee. Check out our link on our socials or buymeacoffee.com slash casualfcpod. Throw us a buck or something. It helps us... <laughs> keep the lights on as they say so cat thank you so much for being here and we'll see you on opening day everyone bye bye awesome bye